0: Hi everyone, welcome to Frontier Faith, a podcast where it's okay not to know, not to know what you believe or why you believe it. Uh, You're just on frontier as you figure out new things in your faith, as you figure out what this new world looks like that we've been given. My name is Nathan Whitaker.
1: My name is Ryan Harris.
0: And today we're going to do two things. One's really quick, one's a bit longer. Uh, We'll actually get to some content, but we wanted to do a quick update on where we are with this project that we've been doing this season. Season two is the project of what Frontier Faith could be beyond the podcast. Um, But right now, of course, we're using the podcast to kind of explore that, uh, to appreciate it a bit more. And just as a review, and then we'll kind of give ourselves, not a grade necessarily, but we'll talk about it a little bit. F-minus. Um our three things that we're doing is we're having conversations at the well. Uh, we're talking about what our life looks like. Um, we're talking with others who have had a similar frontier experience and asking them questions along the way, just so that we can, uh, our hope is to not only normalize, but to celebrate those stories, because uh, having a frontier experience, is one that um, I don't know. At least in my background, and certainly in my tradition, is not really good to have. You need right. to have one that's more about being in line with things rather right. than exploring. Hmm. So we want to share those stories because usually they come from experiences that we all have that are, you know, of course different, but that shape us and bring us to that place.
1: And for any, since you know, a lot of those stories have to do with processing trauma of one kind or another, or kinds or another. I think the the being able to tell your story or whoever it was being able to tell the story can really help in terms of processing, but also just like starting that healing process of maybe even first time you've started to grapple with whatever it is, or, or, you know, whatever. But that's, that's another reason that we've done some of these.
0: Yeah. And that usually spins into a second part of this project, which is just discussing theology, um, we do so somewhat formally, but mostly informally. We discover theologies. We explore. Uh, last time when we talked about death anxiety and death, we actually started building a uh, a theology. And you know, I I just I didn't share this with you earlier, Ryan, but uh, I've watched the. Um, New Pixar film, Soul. Have you seen that?
1: No. It any good?
0: The first time going through it, I enjoyed it. It's a fun movie, but it didn't really impact me until last time, which was just, what, two days ago? Maybe just yesterday. We watched it, and it was really like, it skyrocketed to one of my favorite movies, because mm-hmm. it's about, of course, somebody dying. Um, Wait, is
1: it better than Coco?
0: It's not better than Coco. Oh, phew, good, because that's like one of my favorites. Anyway. <laughs> but it's pretty close, um, especially because – so the reason why it's not better is because it's a little messy. They don't quite know what they're doing with the, the main message, I would say. Um, but there is a specific moment where this guy realizes that his death has meaning by giving somebody else life. And I'm making it as generic oh, as possible. They must
1: have been listening to our. Uh, to I our know podcast. it was really quite neat, Man, and we it was charge them.
0: <laughs> uh, it's not like they have any money. Yeah, so. my mouse is very poor. <laughs> anyway, uh, that was really helpful as I, um, you know, was thinking about our conversation. We saw that movie, and I'm like. Oh, my God, that's just like what we were talking about. And in a very powerful way that connected a lot of stuff.
1: Did you hear that, folks? We're right.
0: Yeah. So we build theologies. We uh, unpack new theologies, or we even do some deconstruction of theology, like we did with um, Ryan's story about gay theology. That's the second thing that we kind of do, and we dedicate ourselves to. And then the final thing that we're doing, or, or rather that we're not doing right now. What
1: well, we're planning to do at We're some
0: planning point. to do. There you go. Um, we're planning to build a community and um, bring a community together. Let's say it like that. We're not yeah. building a community. We're bringing a community of people who are on the frontier together. Ryan, what's been your experience going through the well in this theology project that we've done this season?
1: I think, well, I'll just start with my own uh, experience of my story this time. It's amazing to me how every time I tell that story, I learn something different about it. Like even myself, you know, and and like Daniel listened to it and he said, oh, I hadn't heard some of that before. And I was like, "Really?" Hmm. I feel like I've told you the whole story. But anyway, um, so that was always interesting. And I found that the way we did that one this time also felt healthier because I wasn't, it didn't feel like I was arguing with an invisible, uh, you know, adversary or whatever. It was Mm -hmm. just felt like this is, this is the process of how I arrived where I'm at. And, you know, I don't have energy for the arguing anymore and it doesn't help. So, (laughs) um, so it's been really good. I've also though really learned so i think i learned so much from everyone we've had whether it was yours or mine or you know we weren't calling it this then but i learned a lot about trevor's and he's my own brother so Mm -hmm. you know um it's just it's fascinating in an intellectual sense because i like looking at narratives and how they work and all of that but it's also felt very not just honest but i mean it has for me anyway it's felt very healing and not just my own like it has really helped with hearing these stories. Like, so I don't feel like I'm crazy, which we've talked about before. You know, there are other people who are like us, even if their stories are pretty different. Mm -hmm. Um, But also it is kind of pointing towards that wider community, Um, even though we're still working on what that might look like. But like the fact that none of us have to go through this totally alone, even if we never meet in person, (laughs) Um, and maybe we will someday when the world doesn't suck. I don't know, but, um, no, it, it's been really, really helpful to me.
0: So something we want to do for this third part of our project is be a bit more intentional about having a community, um, come together to discuss things. And one of the things that we're really focusing on as kind of a pilot or a launch or a program just to test it out is to have a, a live podcast of some sort and we're going to do that over zoom uh, we don't have the details just yet because we need to you know arrange some things but that's coming up here within the next couple of months we want to have a, a zoom where you can be invited anyone who's listening can be invited to come and ask questions and to process with uh, the guests that we might have or if it happens to be me or Ryan we'll see we'll we'll see what happens there but really we want to explore what that would look like to do that together instead of doing it as Ryan and I and then bringing it to you on a podcast we want to see what that would look like we don't think that that's going to be the totality of what the new community would look like but it would be a piece of it of exploring these things together
1: yeah it's kind of like uh i'm kind of i think we're kind of viewing it as a Sort of an experiment, honestly, because it's the first thing we're trying, um, and it'll give us a good idea of um, not like what what what's helpful to the most people, you know. And maybe if that format works great, maybe we do more of that. If it doesn't work so well, it can still give us a starting point. Um, at this point, like a lot of pretty much everything we do on this uh, podcast, is we're just kind of feeling it out, and um, we try things and then see how it goes. But uh, yeah, we don't know when yet, but I'm looking forward to it when we do it because it'll be interesting to t- I hope it I hope it goes well when we do it because I've never done something like that before,
0: but I think it'll be good. I think it'll be interesting at the very least. And as as uh, I always tell people when I'm trying to organize something at our church is, hey, if two of you show up, then two of you show up and we'll have a fantastic time doing that. If more of you show up, then it'll only get better as we do Well,
1: no, we've arrived.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's the goal, right? To have some notoriety. I want to
1: quit my job and do this full time. Come
0: on. Uh, All right. So that's our update for the project of where we are right now. Um, We are still moving along. We're trying to figure out how to do that intentionally is kind of what we've been doing with our first step then we're going to move forward and and explore how we could do that in other ways instead of just cramming it all into the podcast we want to figure out other ways to do that but we need to we need to figure it out first we need to know what we're doing or at least have some idea of what we're doing
1: Um, we wanted to give an update so you know we're not all talk even though we're a lot talk (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, we only have about 30 seconds of music each episode. That's so right. You <laughs> so, know, you know,
1: <clears throat> it's a lot of pontificating.
0: <laughs> so today what we're going to do is we're going to talk we're going to pontificate. It's related to some of the things that we've talked about before. Um and full disclosure, I think it's something that's really particular to Ryan uh Ryan's experience, but we're going to explore that and see what happens because a lot of times in this podcast and really in a lot of our conversations, we start talking about something that seems very one-sided in our experiences. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, that's exactly how I have, you know, felt this, uh, it might not be the same conditions or whatever, but, um, we notice the same kind of thing happening in our own experiences. Uh, so Ryan, what are we going to be talking about
1: today? Um, we're going to talk about gay theology today. (laughs) No, no, I'm kidding. We've done that. Um, I'm just a very funny person. I hope, um, we're going to talk about, uh, at this point, I'm just going to say missionaries, but not like specific missionaries. I'm not going to tell you why the, uh, you know, the Smiths are literally from Satan or something.
0: Do you have any celebrity missionaries? We haven't, I haven't asked you that.
1: So there's a lot of, um, so I'm not, I don't know now, you know, um, not exactly, but what you do have is I remember, I mean, I had to take a whole, I had to take two classes on global missions or missiology, yeah. you know, and they were a waste of my damn time other than I needed them for the degree. So I guess not, but anyway, um, there was a lot of like veneration of historical missionaries. Like I can okay. still remember some of their names and what they did. And, you know, some of them are probably good things. And I think about some of them now and I'm like, Yeah. Uh, yeah. so um, there's that. And I think what it is though, is that there's kind of like a general celebrity or hero worship around missionaries in that when they come to your church, you know, but now I think we'll we'll get to that. So um, I think, so yeah, we want to talk about not missionaries specifically. It's more about the act of missions, right? Missionary activity. Um, And I, I think it, it stuck out for me because it's like, I've never been a missionary. So that's, it's not been a part of my experience in that way, but it's been such a central part of being Pentecostal. I mean, you know, the Azusa street revival happened and, a lot of people went straight from there to different places in the world. Interestingly enough, even some of them went right away because they thought speaking in tongues would just let them know the language of where they were going. Oh yeah. Turns out that didn't work usually. If <laughs> ever. Um, Cause like, you know, oh. now if you want to be a missionary with the assemblies of God, they make you learn the language first. Um, so anyway, so, but I mean, missionary idea has been in the DNA from the very beginning. And it was also the, um, the idea that jesus was coming back any day like Mm -hmm. and i mean they literally thought any day yeah and so you you know and they thought that that's going to happen when we get the work done right so jesus comes back once everybody has heard the gospel and so it's kind of trying to usher in the apocalypse i guess although that's not how they would say it but i thought about that one. i was like you know this is a strange thought what we're, we're trying to accelerate the end of the world um, are we the supervillains? but anyway um so i, mean, I don't know it, this yeah, past
0: year I, well, yeah, yeah, you
1: know, like, um yeah maybe we're all lex luther at heart anyway um So there was that missionary culture in the DNA of, and not just Pentecostals, but that's the one that I know about the most. And now um, it's a big thing still. I don't know where it's at now. At one point, probably still is. I think like the Assemblies of God, for example, was one of the largest missionary organizations in the world. I think at least the Southern Baptists were probably larger, but Hmm. Um, anyway, regardless, it's a huge thing. And like I remember at the Bible college I went to, you could get a degree in global missions and hmm. it sounded like a waste of time to me because you could also be a missionary with any other degree and you learned actual better like skills. But hey, what do I know? Wow, that was bitchy. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so what is, <laughs>
0: let's uh, pause for a second because You need me to I think I know some of that? <laughs> yeah, please do. What is
1: a missionary? So the idea behind a missionary that I was taught was someone who goes and preaches the gospel, Um, you know, very much the conservative evangelical gospel we've talked about. Right. So that I am a sinner. Jesus is perfect. Forgive me my sins. Sinners prayer. Romans road kind of Romans stuff. Road, yeah. Um, But so, like, they go to these other places in the world because, and there's a big thing about we try. They like they even keep track of like which languages the Bible has been translated into or not, and like they have whole things about this people group is still unreached, and so they can keep track of you know try to distribute missionaries. uh, Although it's everyone's called to somewhere else. So, don't the Indians
0: do that now?
1: Well, I think there's a few people that do that. Okay, but I mean. so, yeah, it's the idea of you go to preach the gospel, but not just to preach. You go to save souls, to convert people, to um, bring people to Jesus. So, you know, if you go to, uh, I don't know, take a break. If you go to Saudi Arabia, that's a tough one. But, you know, you're going with the purpose of trying to get Muslims saved or whoever's there because it doesn't have to be just Muslims. But um, and there's this whole idea of like they get this personal calling from God. And God tells them somehow where they should be missionaries. And um, and so sometimes they go and they'll like, especially in countries that are hard to access, they'll go and they'll do some kind of, they'll build an orphanage or they will, um, you know, do those kinds of things as a way to get in the country. And then I don't know how much nowadays, but I remember hearing stories about like um, people, missionaries, sneaking Bibles into the Soviet union kind of stuff. Um, so sometimes it's, it's that, and other times it's just, you know, they learn the language and go somewhere and they might build a church. They might work with churches that are already there sort of, you know, we're gonna talk about that later, but, um, yeah, did that explain it?
0: Yeah. I'm looking at this thing from Wycliffe Bible translators. And I love this first phrase. Uh, one in five people are still waiting for the Bible in their own language.
1: Right, right. And you know, remember that guy, the the moron who went to that island. I think it's by India, right? And there, it was like illegal for anyone to go there. Um, and the end of the spear guy, right? Like he went and he was he was going to convert these people, and they ended up killing him because, well, I don't think they they don't think that they were even. Um, I don't, I don't know what the right word is. They're not primitive. They're just, you know, not a very advanced in terms of technology. Mm -hmm. And so um, he went and he didn't learn the language. He was like yelling, Jesus loves you in English from his boat. I mean, it was weird stuff. Right.
0: But (laughs) I don't know this guy, by the way, it was
1: so it's so it was bad, you know, because it's Mm -hmm. like, I feel like somewhere in there were good intentions, but man, he really shit the bed on that one. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, but So I guess what I'm saying is there's that, but what has resulted from history and from where things are now, at least in, like I said, in the assemblies of God, where I came from, but I mean, honestly, it's not unique to them. It became a kind of hero culture. The idea that people who go to these far places, learn new languages, you know, do all that stuff, sacrifice a stable career, you know, have to live on fundraised money. that i would say nobody said this but sometimes they did but there's this idea that they're like the super christians mm. and that if the rest of us were really serious about jesus we'd we'd probably be doing something like that too now not everybody because we got plenty of pastors right but yeah. i remember hearing usually from missionaries one guy came to chapel and he spoke and said basically if you're not a missionary um what are you doing, right? Like, do you even love Jesus? And and I'm exaggerating, but only slightly. Um, You know, like they they have this idea of people being lost if you don't know Jesus as they believe Mm -hmm. that, right? Mm -hmm. And he said that uh, people in Eurasia, because that's where he went, um, are more lost than the people here. And I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? It doesn't make sense, even within your own framework. Um, So anyway, it's this idea of like, when a missionary comes to your church, usually to raise money, cause that's what they do. They'll be on the mission field for a certain number of years. And then they usually will come home for like six months to a year. And it's theoretically that's so they can like rest and recharge, but they spend most of it raising money, you know? You know. And so they'll speak at the church or whatever. And then usually the church gives them money um, because we believe in that. And that's good. And, and so at least that's, you know, that's where it was when I was there, still is. But um, anyway, it's that whole idea of like these people are super Christians because they put themselves in danger, sometimes to the point of death. They learn new languages that are hard. They take their whole families overseas with them, which, side note, that's a whole other thing, too, I, I, Yeah, I wonder about, you know. Um, so, yeah, so there's this, it creates this kind of hero culture. Um And this idea that, like I said, they're the real Christians and the rest of us are just kind of faking it, I guess.
0: Now, you introduced something that I'm just extremely curious about. Now, is this something that is already in the culture and the missionaries kind of go towards, or are the missionaries creating this through fundraising?
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean I really okay. think it's it's some of both. I mean I think it's been in the culture since the beginning and has only gotten stronger. Um especially as you know Pentecostals have become a lot more mainstream and have actual denominational organizations and can, you know, raise money and that kind of stuff a lot easier. It has only it certainly hasn't decreased any in terms of seeing these people this way.
0: What's the difference between a culture of pastor worship and missionary worship what's the difference why like if you were to rank them what's more important for um pentecostals or at least that your experience of that and why that difference is there
1: well and i should say by the way that there are plenty of pastors and probably some missionaries who would say back the missions boat up here you know like it's no it's not like these aren't better christians than anybody um It's like the good ones would try to find a a way to walk the line between honoring people's sacrifices without making them, you know, superhuman um, idols. (laughs) Uh, So what was your original question?
0: The difference between pastors and missionaries?
1: Uh, Yeah. So, I mean the thing is sometimes you'd hear pastors talk about everybody has a missions field, right? It just might be your family and your coworkers and, you know, God's, you're supposed to do the same thing here, right? You're supposed to preach the gospel, tell people about Jesus, get people saved, you know, um, that's what everybody's supposed to do. And so one of the things you'd hear from the people who aren't as insane was, um, you know, like, uh, as long as you're doing that, it's up to God where you would where you do it. Right. Mm. And obviously not everybody is called to Sri Lanka or whatever. Um, because it just isn't how that works, apparently.
0: Right. I'm not called to Sri Lanka. I Me mean,
1: either. I just found out where it was recently. So, you know.
0: It's <laughs> in the ocean, right? <laughs> it's over by
1: it. yeah, India. But um Anyway, so yeah, that that's kind of, it was kind of a weird mix because, and yet I think it's not mandated because they can't really mandate things in their polity, but I think every church, well, every church I've ever been to, and almost all of them would have either some part of their budget that they designate to go towards missions. Um, hmm. And I should say there is also, like they do overseas missions, but like in the Assemblies of God, there was a U.S. missions department. And so that was more... Same kind of stuff. It's just what you're doing here, you know. Yeah. Well, I've spent enough time with you folks to know that you don't have the same uh, (laughs) missionary hero culture. But just so, just what was I mean? What are missionaries for you, or what was your experience of them, or how important are you know that kind of stuff?
0: What's interesting about missionaries are is that there are some people who really are into it, like really, really into it. The one of the pastors of the congregation that I'm serving now, way back, um, he actually got them ensconced in supporting individual missionaries. So it sounds a lot like what you yeah, did.
1: That's what that's what it usually was. Yeah, for us. Yeah,
0: so he would have missionaries come in, and every once in a while, I get a call from some guy who I've never heard of before. Like, yeah, we're the missionary for your church, and I'm like, yeah, uh, what now? <laughs> what now? Yeah. And when I first got there, you know, one of the weird things about being a new pastor is you don't really want to change a whole lot because you don't know what's going on when you first get there. Um, So I prayed for these missionaries week in and week out, and it turned out that nobody really knew who they were. Very nice. Yeah. So I started cutting out the ones that nobody knew who they were. And then eventually I just stopped praying for them altogether because we don't have a culture like that. Yeah. Um, but it kind of highlights. Yeah, there are some people that are really into this. Uh, others, not so much. I would say generally um, we don't have. A, I would probably say the missionaries in our church body would say this is a bad thing, but we don't have a culture of missionary work. Frankly, we kind of see them as a little bit weird or different. It's not weird in a bad way, but just weird. Like, why would you sacrifice so much to do that? Okay. So it's kind of a reverse of you. It's, it's not. It is a reverse
1: because what I would hear is, why? Well, how could you not?
0: Don't well, you, you know, yeah. And it that, would be so awful. That's why. Well, yeah. I
1: was like, I'm not, I don't want to do that. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we don't have that. Although one thing that was really interesting about talking about missionaries in your own place there, there's like this Lutheran church um, a thing that some people do. They actually print these signs that you can buy for your parking lot. And it's as you leave the parking lot, it says you are now entering the missionary field.
1: Oh, yeah. You're now entering your missions field. Yep. Yep. I've seen signs like that in churches. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yep. So we have those. And uh, it's really interesting. Note when churches, we don't have that. (laughs) Some churches do, some don't. Because it's dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It is a little weird. And yet some people really do buy into that. I would say, you know, I don't want to venture too much into that, but missionary work in general is seen in the same way that evangelism work is, is it's very scary, it's very weird. Why would somebody do that? Cause not only do you have to do that with your people that you know and a culture that you're familiar with, with evangelism, yeah. but then to drop all that and do a, a completely different language, a completely different country. Most people don't get that.
1: Well, um, I mean, especially and then like take some people will take their young children and the children grow up there. Right. And and sometimes that seems to turn out OK. And sometimes it's a like a catastrophe for the kids. I mean, right. Um, I don't mean they die. I just mean like emotionally and spiritually right. and mm-hmm. all of that, um, especially if they're like, I feel like if they're super young, it's probably easier, uh, you mm-hmm. know. But like you take like a, they'll take like a 10, 12 year old and make them now all of a sudden they're in uh bangladesh or something right It's yeah. just so anyway um but it wasn't uncommon in seminary it was not at nearly everybody but i more than once i'd met someone in seminary who like oh i happen to speak mongolian i'm like what the hell right because his parents were, because he, he was in mongolia as a missionary you know so that's a marketable skill right there
0: yeah Yeah, definitely. I will say like, even though that's like how we generally view it, I don't think anybody does it with judgment. Like, I'm sure there are people who do. But generally speaking, it's not like we think you're a bad person. If you take people, uh, you go abroad or whatever. It's just there's a disconnect is really what's going on with that weirdness is we don't get it in our church body because we just don't practice it. We don't have that culture.
1: Well and and sometimes yeah like what I would experience too is and I mean like some of the churches will do things like give 10% of their whole budget to missions you know um yeah. usually the larger churches cuz they can afford that better <laughs> right. you know yeah. um but uh sometimes that kind of creates a um well we sent these people over there so our responsibility is just to send mm. cash dollars you know yeah um and That's not great either, (laughs) you know, uh, especially, so anyway, yeah. Um, so yeah, I think those two things sound pretty opposite. Um, I, I would be interested. We'll probably never be able to do this. If we could have like a missionary from both places, talk about it. I'm sure it would be different, but I bet there would be more overlap than, than like just our experience of it. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah. So our, my experience, and it sounds like yours is really from the general layperson, if you will. Yeah. It's not, I know we're both kind of ordained or yeah. whatever, educated, whatever, but it's like, generally speaking, people don't have, I mean, this is where we're speaking from. It would be yeah. interesting to know the experience of somebody who does it.
1: Well, do you know, my experience with missionaries, other than I have of like one friend, although I haven't talked to them in years, who who are in, I don't know, somewhere they can't tell us where they are. Um, But uh, like my experience was usually we'd let the missionary talk for, you give them five minutes so they can talk about what they're doing and then we'll take an offering up for them, Right. Well, a lot of missionaries they start they talk for fifteen minutes, yeah. And I'm like, Five hey. minutes is a lot. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm preaching no today, and fifteen minutes is like the max you get people's attention for, you know? Yeah. So like, it was always it was always a struggle of like, what you're doing seems good, but shut up, <laughs> sit down, <laughs> you know. Anyway.
0: Yeah. So, what do you think about all that when it comes to your experience of missionaries and missionary culture?
1: You know, it's very complicated because even when I was in that world and very much was on board, at least conceptually, theologically, with the idea that we have to get everybody saved so Jesus can come back, also because we care about people, but let's be honest. Um, (laughs) Like, even in that world, I had a lot of trouble with the, the, the bullshit about, like, well, if you're not going somewhere like that, you're not really a Christian. Yeah. It's kind of like, let me offer you a theological, fuck you, you know, um, <laughs> as would be my response internally. Um, but I was not alone in that, by the way. There were plenty of people, especially other pastors who were like me, who were like, okay, whatever. Um,
0: Which is good, because if you're shaming people, holy cow.
1: You mean we shouldn't use shame? (laughs) Well, then, Nate, what would would churches do if we can't shame people? I know, right? Uh, We have to close the doors. Um, (laughs) So, like, I had trouble with that, but I was generally on board with the theological idea and concept of, like, I don't know that I made them heroes in the same way, but it was more for me of like, man, I don't think I could ever do that. And I really think it is pretty amazing. And yeah, I don't know that that has changed. I mean, I do admire that side of it, right? The, the willingness to sacrifice your life in that way. And in some places, even go places where they could die, could be killed yeah. for doing it, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I, I still think that that is very admirable and I imagine God does good things with it sometimes. But I think the problem is I've started to realize as I've learned more about history and and what missionaries have done in all over the world in terms of like colonialism and stuff where missionaries didn't just preach Jesus, they also like used, used the, the quote the gospel to um, destroy other cultures, even to the point of like eradicating languages and and all of this, like they go not just to make them Christian, but to make them British or French or whatever. American. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, now American. But I think that and and like so, I really struggle with that because, um, I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I, I hope everybody struggles with <laughs> <Right>? that. Uh, <laughs> And it, there was the whole. I, I struggle with the concept of like paternalism. You know, like here we have Christianity figured out, so we're going to come plant to church and tell you how to do everything. And I think that has shifted some. Now they talk more about like partners, like partnering with local places. Um, the idea that we could learn from them too. You know, imagine that.
0: Mm. Yeah, in their own culture.
1: Right, and that's the thing. Is like you. I remember we had to watch this uh, this video in. One of the missions classes, and it was a neat story. Although now again, I wonder about it. But this guy goes to this—I think it was PNG, like New Guinea, um, somewhere around there—and he went to this tribe of people who were actual cannibals and all this. And there's a—it's actually a really neat story. Uh, it's called *The Peace Child*. You should—there's a book you should read it sometime. Um, but anyway, at the end of it, you know, they—the whole tribe comes to Jesus and all this, and they build a church, and then it shows them, and they're singing a hymn. And it's in their own language, but it's just a translation of to God be the glory, you know? Okay. And so it's like yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um
0: feels weird whenever you see that.
1: Well, it's it's just regardless of if you're but even if you're not going with the intention of eradicating a culture or or you know, or whatever, um, you like you can't escape that colonial past and present, right? Mm-hmm. Because whether it's in Africa or Asia or, you know, South Pacific, wherever it is like these other countries, most from the West, although I think it, I think China is more involved in that these days than they used to be too. Not missionaries, but I just mean, are more like geopolitically speaking, have manipulated and, and stolen resources from all these other countries, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and so, I mean, I, I think I really struggle with that and, you know, should we even be doing this because of that? And yeah. you look at stuff where missionaries will go in with good intentions and they bring uh, things to give children, whether it's shoes or food or whatever it is. And then they wreck the local economy because the people who sell it there already can't compete with free. You know what I right. mean? So yeah. um, there's a lot of unintended consequences that seem pretty severe. Um that it's not that I don't, I'm I'm not the first person to think of it. I'm sure there are people who have made big changes because of it. But, but even that it under the underlying assumption is for me, the question is, and I don't know the answer yet. Although I'm starting to think maybe not, maybe not, or at least not like I thought is should we be going to these other places and religions and cultures and, and, you know, converting them? Mm. Like, is that, is that really what Jesus wants us to do? And, I can't say that I've gotten to the point where I can definitively say no yet, because, you know, like we've talked about, there is something special about Jesus. Um, Even if I don't use that to say other religions are wrong or terrible necessarily. Right. right? And, you know, I do believe the gospel does bring life and healing and and all of that. So I'm not ready to say that nobody should do that kind of thing ever. But like this idea that we need to, you know, someday if God wins, when God wins, there will be no other religion. You know, like the idea mm-hmm. that, um, you know, people who are in other faiths are held captive by demons kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, that was a lot that I said in those few minutes there. But I think my biggest things that have made me very weary of it, um, the, the two one, there's two, it's the colonial past and present, um, and how that colors everything you do as a missionary, as well as the should we be converting people, like, at least should we be doing it the way that they do it? Maybe that's a good way to put it.
0: All right, so let's look at the first problem, the colonialism. And I'm curious, now, of course, you don't have the direct answer to this. Uh, We would have to talk to an actual missionary to know this, but is there like talk, at least colloquially within your church body or your previous tradition of separating faith and life um, when it comes to going to these places? Like here's what the culture looks like and so forth. Cause I'm, I'm imagining it's probably not, here's the language now. Do everything you would do here, but do it in that country.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I mean, like a big component they do is like, uh, I remember I took a, a whole class in cross-cultural communication. Right. So the idea of like, they don't just learn the language. You also learn about the culture. And sometimes, um, and in fact, I, I feel like I remember a lot of people had trained, they had a whole thing called like tent makers, I think. I forget it comes from, from like what was it, Paul, yeah, and so they'd go and they'd build a start a coffee shop there and or start a business or whatever as a way to get in the country and meet people and all that kind of stuff, so I mean, so I mean, yes, I think I mean, they don't go, I don't believe any of them go with the intention to like make these people turn into Americans, right. Um, they don't, like, I do think they try as much as they can to respect the culture they're going to, partly because, you know, it's like I said, I'm not the only one who recognizes the problems of colonialism for missionaries, but also because it, it makes it really a lot harder to get any Yeah, you won't
0: get very far you know? if you're just trying to be American. Yeah. Um,
1: so, I mean, I think there is recognition of that. And like I said, I've heard talk and probably more now of, you know, partnering in missions instead of paternalism and, and all that stuff is good and great, but I guess, I just don't know, can you escape the effects of that past, right? So I remember I heard Mm. a podcast one time, I think it was, I don't think he does it anymore, but it was called Failed Missionary. It was a guy who, I think he was in Europe somewhere, but, and he, it didn't go well for him. And I don't, I don't think he wasn't a Christian anymore, but he was basically deconstructing the whole idea of being a missionary.
0: Okay,
1: and he had some people on from various places, and one of them was from Africa, and they, that person basically said, "Until you stop trying to help us, things are never going to get better." Mm. And that's what that's was his that was that person's opinion, not the host. Yeah. It's not necessarily mine. I just mean like, you know, you run into that, and a lot of that, at least in terms of Africa, to my limited knowledge of colonialism in Africa. Is because of what missionaries did. And even if you're not trying to do that now, like you're still doing that same thing, even if you're trying not to, at least. Right. It seems like I don't know how you could totally avoid it, because what you're still doing is you're still going to a culture that is not yours. And I mean, there you may not you're not going with the intent to destroy someone's culture or religion necessarily, but you are trying to give them yours. Um, as a generally as white people, not always, but generally white people who did this. Um, and then like, can you separate your whiteness from all this stuff too? You know what I mean? There's just so many complicated questions And I've never had to ask them in a sense other than an academic one, right? Because I've never had to do it. But like, I think if someone said to me, would you be a missionary in X place? I think I'd probably have to say no, because personally, I just don't know. I'm not saying that missionaries never help people because you know what? If they build orphanages and that kind of stuff, that does help people. But there's also this thing of like the guy who said, until you stop trying to fix things for us, things will never get better. like that there's a lot of truth to that, too, yeah, you know, like, and that's not just in missionaries, like I said, that's geopolitical stuff too. Mm-hmm. um but, yeah, so I think that's that's kind of where that is is like I just don't know how you could separate the two given the catastrophic history. Of, of it. You know, like I, gosh, I remember at the seminary, I worked in the library. Right. And I remember, mm-hmm. I don't know why this person told me this. Sometimes people just talk to me and I don't really know like <laughs> what is going on right now. And I was just checking out this guy's books. And he said something, I think it was something about this sort of thing, although we didn't say colonialism. Um, but he said something like, uh, well, I mean, before we got there, they were just killing each other anyway.
0: Okay. And I was just
1: like, fuck what, who, what? I, what is going on right now? And I was like, cause I remember thinking one, probably false Two, even if true, that doesn't make it okay if we do it right. But anyway, old people, um, <laughs> <laughs> old white folks. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so so do meant- you think
0: that's something endemic to Christianity? Is that something endemic to our expression of christianity what do you think that is
1: well i mean some faiths don't have a missionary culture right like buddhists don't generally send missionaries to my knowledge or you know a lot of people who are follow the hindu faith in some form or another are kind of okay with a lot of things so they don't feel any need to convert people you know and those Mm -hmm. are probably gross oversimplifications but like i said to my knowledge they're not missionary faiths like a lot of christianity is Um, I think, I mean, honestly, it's been part of the part of Christianity. I don't know if I can say the beginning, because we could talk about what did Jesus actually mean? And what did Paul actually do? Because I I don't know if I know, but it may not be this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, since the early church, and then especially once you had like, whether it was the Western Church or the Eastern Church or whoever it was, as you know, empire and all of that, like it's been part of Christianity for a very, very long time. Yeah.
0: Since Constantine. Yeah. At least. You
1: know, and then and so much of that was like uh there was stuff. I mean, if we had Bobby on, he could probably do a better explanation of this. But I mean, there was all of that kind of stuff of Go like they'd, Yeah. <laughs> they'd send priests or chaplains with the troops. You know, and they'd have them right. like pray for victory against the pagans or or heathens yeah. or whatever, and bless so, the
0: weapons. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah. Like
1: so, I mean, that's been there for a very long time, and then even into more not recent, but more recent into the, you know, the colonial age. You know, when they the Western European countries were doing that all over the world they're still doing this stuff and at the same time stealing all their resources and horrible shit that happened. And, you know, yeah. So is it an, is it, I think, I don't know. I think given how things are, I don't know if it could be separated from Christianity as Christianity currently exists by and large. Is that fair? I'm not sure. I'm just testing these things out as I say them, you know. It
0: seems like that's probably true. Let's say from an American perspective of missionary.
1: Well, I don't, maybe even like a Western one, because like, Western, yeah, yeah, because okay. like, you know, people. If there's a missionary from the Netherlands, it's going to be a similar yeah. thing. You
0: know. Well, and the, way, the reason I think that is because of that thing we talk about every once in a while that's kind of an undertone to most of our conversations, which is power. Mm-hmm. So you've got um, power because of white supremacy. You've got power because of you know colonialism and, and uh, the economic stuff that comes from that. There's just so much power behind the, the white mm-hmm. person's or the American's view of the world that, especially in American Christianity, it's really hard to separate that cultural experience and reality from pretty much anything else. I mean, yeah. you deal with social issues in our in our country, you're dealing with the same thing. It's really hard to convince white boomers that racism is systemic because... They've just had this power as part of their assumed reality. And so they see the world that way.
1: Well, and there are even effects like, I think it was Uganda, where a lot, there are a lot of Christians in Uganda, largely because of missionaries and and a lot of like evangelical ones. And even to the point of there were laws passed, I don't think they executed gay people, but I mean, like really terrible Mm. things. And it was because that's what God wants them to do. You know? right. I don't think there was like a master missionary manipulator, you know, making it all happen, but it's coming from that same right. stuff. But so, but here's the struggle though, right? Because like my parents, well, I guess they were friends with my grandparents, but my parents knew them too. They had an orphanage in Kenya for a long time um, and they specifically took um, babies who were HIV positive positive. Um, and they would tell horrible stories of like finding them thrown out in the trash kind of thing, still alive, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so they would take these kids in, they, you know, and they'd raise them and, and eventually place them, you know, like an orphanage does. And I think like part of me says, yeah, we shouldn't be helping because we've made the mess and and it's never going to get better until we stop. But then I think, but gosh, those kids that those people helped, you know, like it's a good thing they were there. Not, now, I'm not saying nobody there could have done it. Maybe right. they would have if those two hadn't been there, but it's just like, I don't know. Like, realistically, you can't just cut it all off anyway now. But even if you could, like, I don't know if that's a good solution either, just because a lot of that stuff, like, it has helped people, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Sometimes,
1: yeah. you know, like, my church builds a lot of wells in Mozambique and you know, that means that people there have water to drink that won't get them sick. And that's a big deal. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think.
0: I was I was dealing with this question when I found um, the charity water. Charity water is the number one provider of wells and drinking water in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, They have just you know, looking at this, they have fifty one thousand five hundred water projects funded in twenty-eight countries around the globe. Right. Um, they're doing amazing things. And they're not Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, at least explicitly so, right? The right. there might be Christian members, of course. I but, imagine,
1: yeah.
0: You know, one of the things that I had wondered when we were exploring this charity is something we could support. There were people who were upset saying, well, it's not a Christian organization. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, so who fucking cares? Well, um, we can't let people have water to drink unless it's Jesus water Oh right. So I, I I really like started to struggle with this and it was as I was worrying about that specifically, I listened to this podcast from the liturgist called um, they did a whole season on the myths that we hear and the myths that we tell and one of the myths is you need Jesus. Ooh. And I thought that was really like interesting, that right? Yeah, like it's them, definitely yeah. them. But the whole idea was it played into this power thing, right? So what what missionaries do, and we do this in in worship services as well, just cultural Christianity, is we convince people that they need what we have for them, mm-hmm. and then we tell them, hey— here you go, it's free,
1: but it's not really free, right? There's all right. these it's connections the, to it's it. It's the free gift of God, as long as you change everything about your life and behave the way we want you to. Yeah, right. Yeah.
0: And I wonder, like, so what's the difference between a charity and a Christian charity? Um, I don't know, like, is it because a Christian charity seems to have more strings a- attached? Is it that charity in of itself is a string attached enterprise is that what's going
1: on there is such a concept as toxic charity right where charity can actually end up doing more harm than good and so i mean that that's not you know that's that's a thing too um i liked i caught on what you said though about um is it just charity with more strings attached The, the christian charities i mean and my thought is i don't know if it has to be but it seems like a lot of the time it is you know, if you are yeah. going to, even if you're building a well for people who don't have clean water, if you're doing that as an entree into making them Christians, you know?
0: Yeah. Um, well, and there's that subtle pressure. It's not explicit. At mm-hmm. least most of the time, it's probably not. But it's like, okay, people are smart. I have to say this all the time. Now, I am one who sees people being stupid all the time and it drives well, me nuts
1: people are also stupid kind <laughs> yeah. of, i think all of us right. are have some stupid days
0: <laughs> right but you see like if somebody's giving you something and you find out that the reason they're there is because they're a missionary you make the connection you're like oh they're giving me this water because they want me to believe in their mm-hmm. god right. period
1: well, and it's not the first time a lot of these people have seen this kind of stuff, by exactly. Now too. so you've yeah. got
0: that too. It's like, well, what makes you different than my ancestors that had to deal with people who came and slaughtered us exactly you know? yeah um, it's the same same kind of thing, different tactic <laughs> instead of violence. you're using charity now and well,
1: and it can still be spiritual violence. I'm not saying it always right. is, but yeah, it still can be
0: well, especially when we come to like the discussion of idolatry within missionary, right?
1: Right. Yeah,
0: definitely about spiritual violence of taking care of other gods and saying that they're meaningless or, or that they're fake demons or, or whatever yeah, or they are, yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I wonder about that. I think like if I were to ask the question again, Again, you c- can't answer this, I don't think. But do people actually consider the power dynamics of missionary work? Like, does that is that a real area of at least preparation? I'm sure it's an area of study because there's an area of study for fucking everything. But I is mean, it a
1: Foucault's been around for a long time, you know? Right. And not but is East it an area run.
0: of serious like training of I mean, saying, "Hey, look, when you go there." you're going to have all this power or you're going to have this desire to have all this power. I I would imagine the answer is no. Right. I don't think that they're really taught the intricacies of power and what that means as a meta thing, maybe certainly as like, They might even talk about leveraging power. Like you have the truth and therefore you, you need to do that.
1: I mean, if you are going with the truth in terms of eternally speaking, I mean, gosh, talk about power, right? Right. Especially if you have the truth that can determine that for other people, whether you think of yourself as the adjudicator or not, in a way you are just because you've got it and they don't. And, but, but what I struggle with about that is though, is like, yes there are these horrible power dynamics, but power dynamics are not like you can't not have those in life. And not just in this, I mean, honestly, in anything, right. And Mm -hmm. so I really struggle with knowing how to combat harmful power dynamics, while also not letting this idea that you're always going to have power dynamics, give me an excuse to just not try those get rid of those bad ones yeah. you know it's it's it can be really paralyzing like i know for me a lot of the stuff we talk about now especially i mean before this but especially after george floyd with like um what it means to be uh what you know white privilege and all that kind of stuff and it's like yeah that's terrible but how do i even how do i even mm-hmm. do that i want to you know yeah. so it's all of those very complicated questions and i guess one thing that i've struggled with is while they do a lot of complicated things, when I hear missionaries talk or when I heard them talked about, I don't know if they would agree with this, but like the way I would characterize is they're doing a very simple thing, at least in terms of the basics of what they do. It's not easy to do it, but like their goal, if you're just thinking about, I am going to a new place to get people saved. I mean, that's a pretty simple thing if you just look at it that way. Mm -hmm. Problem is when you pile all this on top of it, suddenly that simple thing is no longer simple. Right. You know? Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. yeah. The reason I asked that question is because it seems like, like I don't have much experience with missionaries. So the closest I have is pastors. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you will say the same thing in, in your training, but there's there's like no discussion about what power is in your I mean, there's a briefly here and there, like I remember one professor saying pastors can't be friends with their, their parishioners. Mm-hmm. So it's I heard that bullshit, which is, by the yeah, way, yeah, it's bullshit. But, um, I heard that and that was because at least the way that it was told to me was because you have this special place and you, you shouldn't is basically what it is. Like, not that it can't because it's weird, um, and needs work, but you can't because you'll be tainted or whatever it is. Well,
1: and I remember talk talks about like, you know, having a spiritual authority that does affect people in a way that is more than just someone who's not in a pastoral ministry, right? But I don't remember it going farther than, um, so make sure you do it right. That, now, that's a little little oversimplified but
0: I heard it in conversations about uh well not conversations they were basically commands about not being around women so
1: oh yeah that's certainly you know
0: there's that power dynamic of hey you can't be so there was like I swear one class that was always about this about protecting yourself not about protecting the women right yeah, so we had that like in that conversation about power, if it was a conversation. But I don't know, like, like the 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 realities of power, right? So there's that. That is true. Those things are well, you know, in the right context, those things are true. But the everyday power, like what you were saying, of hey, people will listen to you, and you need to check them. I never heard that. I never yeah, heard that. No, once. I don't
1: think I did. I mean, I heard that, but I. And I remember it being tied to like preaching, you know, of like okay. being very careful what you preach because of the effect it has on people. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I heard some, but in the sense that we're talking about, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly possible, but if so, I didn't hear it enough that it made an impression on me, you know? Yeah. Um, A lot of it was to do with, yeah, some of it was to do with protecting yourself, but yeah, that's kind of a mixed bag there. And I don't know how many of them would have read Foucault anyway. Um, and I don't mean that as like a snobby thing. I just, no, like, I don't no. know if, you know, heck, I could barely read him and haven't read that much because he's hard to understand. Though um, so not as bad as some, but uh, anyway, <laughs> I think, yeah, it's. And then I wonder too, of like, with those power dynamics, like in order to change them, we're going to have, they're going to have to be used to change them. Aren't they? Like, yeah. isn't the act of trying to divest yourself of power or, uh, exercising that very power to do so. Yeah. And I guess I'm not, I'm not saying that means you shouldn't, or I'm not trying to play semantic games to get out of anything. I just, I really wrestle with, with this and just for myself, let alone in terms of global missions, you know?
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, I almost wish we had a missionary. We could ask about some of these things. Not like, as I, a, yeah, so tell as me primary. this, you know, like an antagonistic <laughs> yeah. thing. But
0: uh, yeah. the other thing that I wanted to talk about around this, there's the colonialism, the power and the problems of the history that's really important to draw out. But I also recently heard something that I think might help us get to a better place of what we should do, if anything, Um so I was listening to this podcast, which is so weird that I keep on saying that. We've said it three times in this podcast.
1: <laughs> well, we listen to a lot of podcasts.
0: Yeah, I guess we do. Um, but they were saying something like, uh, it was around the con- uh, the conversation of evangelism. And they said, you know, when you go out and you tell people about Jesus, that's a weird phrase, first of all. Right. Second of all, just imagine what that means to most theologies. What that means to most theologies is, first, I have to convince you that mm. you are a shitty human being. Like, right. that is the, that's the benchmark, that at, you're a sinner.
1: At the very least, you are missing the most significant thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes, not only are you shitty, but you're also missing the thing that that will make you better, that will make your life better.
1: Like, you might be kind about it, but you're still saying whether you're an asshole or not, you're still saying, yeah. yeah.
0: And what they suggested, which, you know, of course made me giddy, which was, they said, think of the philosophical move that that is, Mm. right? So you're imparting upon them, not only are you doing a, character judgment, but you are also imparting on them a whole new way of seeing the world and insisting that it be that way through guilt and shame. Like Nobody, like just take an American evangelism setting, like somebody who's heard about Jesus, but doesn't really know much about it. And the first content they have with a, a Christian is to say, you know how you think you're generally a good person and that you're just trying to figure out this world. Well, that's all wrong. I
1: know you try, but isn't <laughs> yeah. that cute? I mean, yeah, I mean exactly. just think about the whole terminology of the lost. Right. And right. people are like, I'm not lost. I, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to the grocery store. Um, uh, right. But yeah, I think, yeah. And, and also it, um, It makes the whole thing an intellectual thing they got to assent to also, exactly right? It's not about my relationship with Jesus. It's not about why Jesus holds that special place for me. It's about why let me convince you of these principles. I have this handy mnemonic from the book of Romans that you may have never even heard of (laughs) that's going to convince you, right? We both said, convince you. And it's like, Mm -hmm. is that the goal of faith? Should we be trying to convince people?
0: Right. And that's like, so that's my main question. Like I asked this about evangelism, uh, is evangelism really about communicating a content?
1: Hmm.
0: So let's ask that about missionaries. Is it really about communicating a content? Because I I don't have to ask you, but I'm going to ask you, Hmm. isn't that what missionaries do is the way that they're trained is to communicate a content.
1: Sure. I mean they're they're trained to why are they learning these other languages so they can live in the society, but also so they can tell people about Jesus. I have a friend who was in Indonesia for two years as a missionary. Um, he was a he went with the SBC, but anyway, and he told said one of the hardest things was he did learn a lot of the language, but being able to talk about these kinds of things in a language that is not yours, was just like so difficult
0: and it's like, yeah,
1: but, but yeah, I know Like, try to explain theological things in a language yeah. that isn't yours. I have so much respect for people who can speak more than one language. Cause it's amazing. Um, but even that, right? Like that's exactly what we're talking about. We are learning, we are learning a language, which we do with our minds, so mm-hmm. that we can convince people to, uh, adopt our principles that we've created with our minds. You know, I just, right. uh, Yeah, it's it's so backwards because like I wonder and I don't know, we're just talking here, but I wonder about like to me, it seems like there's a difference between someone who goes to uh, the Federated States of Micronesia for some reason, such as their career or whatever. And while there lives as a Christian and tells people about their life Mm -hmm. as a Christian, as a part of normal relationships. And someone who goes with the only goal of getting, quote, souls saved. You know, Um, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, I mean, if you look at
0: there be, though, should there be a difference between those two?
1: Well, I almost feel like there shouldn't be one of those things, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like there should be only one thing. I don't know. That's maybe not totally fair, but like. I don't know. It's such a, it's such a tangled thing for me, especially when like with, with, with Pentecostals, you know, a lot uh-huh. of it's tied to not only do we do this because Jesus told us to, and if we don't, we're shameful and guilty and all that. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, Christians, um, but <laughs> uh, we're doing this to get everybody saved so that the end can happen. Right. And so like, even that, when you stop to think about that for a minute, did we already talk about this, but it's just like, that's, that's really a, it's really kind of morbid and weird. terrifying, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it, and it has so many other effects, like how we treat the planet and all that stuff too, but that's a separate yeah. thing. So.
0: Well, I want to tease that out cause you're right. Um, but I wonder if that's maybe moving towards the positive, uh, not necessarily answering, should there be those, but let's, let's start by how can we make it better? Um <laughs> And And then damned if I know, (laughs) (laughs) well, so here's the thing. I think you've stumbled upon it. What if missionaries were just people that we um, encouraged through funding, through training and so forth to live in another country and just love people. I know that sounds so hippie, but I just wonder if like, you have this desire. Most missionaries that I know, not all of them, because there are some that are very interested in doing the content transmission or whatever, but most of them, they just love being around people. They love being around people specifically of that culture um, or language or whatever uh, that speak that language.
1: But I guess the question still is, where we kind of circle back around to it then, is like, even if you're going with that seemingly more benevolent goal of just living there and loving people and, you know, sharing Jesus as part of your life. Isn't that still cloaked in all the same, I mean, the same colonial stuff of like, I guess the question is, I mean, if you're there because you're, you need to be there for some legitimate reason, well, that's the wrong, bad way to put it, but I just mean as your career or whatever. And then of course you're going to share your life with people. But like the idea of someone going even to do it that way, just, I'm just going to go and love them and share my faith with them that way. I mean, that's still, even if you don't intend it that way, isn't that still the, but I have the truth that I want to give to people.
0: I wonder well, I mean, so the assumption I would have, of course, is that they'd be kind of like me and they don't believe that they have the truth that way, at least. And of course that's a bigger cultural problem Mm -hmm. within missionary culture, but, um, I think what's an interesting question that you brought out is maybe it's the action of sending missionaries altogether that brings about this problem.
1: Maybe, you know, like I, I don't think I said this earlier, that same podcast I talked about where the, the guy said, until you stop helping us, you know, mm-hmm. he also said, why are you sending, why is America sending missionaries to Africa when their?" he didn't say it this way. He was nicer, but when their country is a racist dumpster fire, like, <laughs> right, like yeah. sort your own shit out before you come try and help us. Yeah. You know, and I, I wonder, that's the way I said it was very harsh, but I don't think untrue. And so I wonder about that kind of stuff too of like, you know, we're trying to fix the neighbor's house down the street when our backyard is literally on fire <laughs> or right. something, you know?
0: I don't know. Yeah. But I was thinking of it more like, okay, so I want to take people from where they are. And some people just want to be in another country. They just, that's always been their dream. They love the people from that. They love the culture. Um, You know, I watch YouTube, of course, quite a bit. There's this uh, guy that's in Japan just because he likes to be in Japan. He Mm -hmm. learned Japanese so that he could teach English. And there you go. Um, And you know, there are those people out there. So what if missionary was just a term for somebody that we empower to do that vocationally that'd be a lutheran word do that vocationally or to help them fulfill their calling which would be probably more of a missional language Mm -hmm. just to live in another country and be who they are in that country i think there'd be a lot that you'd have to do within missionary culture to make that successful but i'm just
1: yeah playing it out i'm already thinking you know what one of the biggest problems with that would be which doesn't mean it shouldn't happen is that that is so not sexy and nobody's going to give you money if you say, I'm just going to do that because they're like, well, what are you going to do? Aren't you going to save the orphans or, you know, preach word or whatever it is. And it's like, well, I mean, maybe, but probably not is not going to get you the funds you need to, to live over somewhere across the world and all that.
0: I ran into this problem. It's related, I think, but, and if it's not, we can cut it out. But it was, uh, so we're moving at my congregation. We're moving to living life together in a Bonhafer type of way. If you would just, oh, that's naturally. what we do. We live life together. It's uh, the way that we can sell it, man. That's uh, what it is. Dietrich's hey, good help for you
1: guys. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but somebody talked to me and said, why in the hell would we just do church to be chummy with one another? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, because that's what we're called to do. Well, and also Um, that's oversimplifying
1: what we're talking about. It
0: is. Yeah. Well, I I pointed them to, you know, acts two and four where God blesses how they live life together with Mm -hmm. however God does it. Right. And And that was in the very
1: early days of the church too.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's like this problem of, I don't know, there's a problem of metrics maybe there, but probably more importantly, a, a problem of the thing that your fundraising's connected to, which seems to be, and this, the story also seems to be like, uh, maybe exceptional uh, exceptionalism, maybe, um, purpose, maybe something like that. Like if we're just going to meet together and learn about Jesus together and live our lives together, then what's the, why do I need a church to do that? Or why do we need a missionary to do that? You know, there there probably is, there needs to be something more in people's mind.
1: Yeah. You know, I don't, this thought just came to me while you were talking. I think it's related, but it's like, what if we just for a while, maybe not forever, but what if we just didn't send any missionaries out? Assuming that were possible, just go with me here.
0: And what <laughs> if we asked the rest
1: of the world to send them to us? I mean, honestly, I feel like we could, we could probably use it, Yeah, you know, like, uh, I'm not saying that, that, that people from Africa have to come here and do the same exact thing and try and convert people necessarily. I'm just, mm-hmm. I wonder about like the, all the rich things we could learn about them and maybe mm-hmm. find ways to repent for in our past and present, Yeah, and, you know, work and really work together, um, does that flip the power dynamic on its head? Probably not, but it, it's at least attempting to like, right. it's, maybe it's not about uh, obliterating the power dynamic entirely as much as, well, what can we do to work towards leveling, leveling it? Right? And that, maybe that's not something that ever happens 100%, but any progress you do at balancing that is going to help people. So I know in one way that's overly simplistic because you can't just say, we're not sending any, you send us, like I don't even know how you do that, right? But but it's more of like that perspective, though, of like, if we truly want to be partners with these other countries and cultures and people, um, maybe it's time for us to listen for a while and, you know, respond. Mm. It's time for us to respond rather than to initiate. I don't know what the best way to put it is. Yeah. Um, Yeah
0: the one thought that keeps on coming to my mind is at the very least, it seems like evangelism, missionary, whatever this whole thing is, um, we're not really doing what Paul says that he did. Right. In 1 Corinthians 9, becoming all things to all people. Um we,
1: Paul's a tricky one, though, because he also goes to their opagus and, and, you know, tries to convince them that they've been praying to the same God as him. And, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know what to make of Paul in terms of this kind of stuff.
0: Okay, well, say more. What do you think of First Corinthians 9 there, of becoming all things to all people?
1: I'm on board. <laughs> you know, like, that sounds good. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying Paul's tough, because Paul does stuff that sounds like what we're talking about. Um, but Paul also does stuff that, I mean, a lot of the stuff I was talking about is based on that kind of thing. You know, I don't know. I've heard plenty of sermons on, is that X 15, wherever that is, where he goes and, you know, debates with them basically yeah,
0: uh-huh.
1: as the unknown God. So you've been praying right. to God all along kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that's a side issue because being all things to all people still applies in what we're talking about, even if, Hey, it's not the first time Paul's throwing us for a loop. Cause what do we do with <laughs> right, that? Yeah. You know, um, <laughs> I really, yeah, I really think he's, he's
0: gone. Well, a lot of times I wonder like, are we, this is more true with Paul than even with Jesus is like, are we living in the interpretation that's been given to us by Paul or, or, or of Paul rather than mm. what Paul's really doing? Um, sure. It's so hard to tell for something yeah. like that, right? Mm. Yeah. Because it feels so like heroic and <laughs> I mean, well, mass I mean, conversion, he, all he that he kind also of traffic. traveled all
1: over the known world at the time starting churches. Right. There weren't some. I mean, they, yeah. call, they talk about Paul's missionary journeys, you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, also we're not Paul for one thing. I mean, I know he has problems, but he was an apostle, at least in the way that Paul was. <laughs> we're not, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I right. don't know, like sometimes we make that one-to-one correspondence and that can get us in trouble too. Um, not We should not do everything Paul did, which is not what yeah. you said, but I'm just, so I don't know. I no. think I've kind of did, distracted us from where we were. Going.
0: No, that's good. I mean, that's part of what we do is we figure it out through um, chasing those.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I don't know. Like for me, that's where I am with missionaries and evangelism tied together. And maybe it's more evangelism than it is missionaries because we don't have that culture. But I wonder how much of it is just living with people? How much of it is um, not putting your, uh, you know, pressure on yourself, or having others put pressure on you, to, you know, make the sale and get the conversion, right. um, which is, you know, a big thing. Yeah, maybe it's the evangelism side of uh, where I'm relating to this as best as I can of. You know, it's, it feels very oppressive, at least, to go into somebody's life and tell them th- that everything they've thought is wrong and they oh, need to think yeah. new things. Hi, I just met you. You're going to burn for eternity, unless you agree with it. I'm about to tell yeah. you in the
1: next 30 seconds.
0: <laughs> well, and a lot of people um, outside of, like, even in built uh, relationships. Christians don't know what to do because we've been told that the way you do it is try to get a conversion, mm-hmm. and we have one toolkit for getting right. a conversion, which is to tell your friend that you've been with for years that they're a terrible person. Like right. that's that's and, your cool toolkit.
1: You know, I don't think either of us are saying um, you know that nobody can convert to Christianity. I mean, people, can, right? People, yeah. I, that's great, right? As long as they're not doing it by being coerced by. Uh, white dudes, or I suppose dudettes, but um, mm-hmm. or or with the promise of eternal conscious torment if they right. don't, you yeah. know, or whatever it is. Um, yeah, I mean I, that's kind of up to God on that on that respect, and so right. that's maybe what I what one of the central problems for me here is is mm. like how do we like this is so much about us and what we do. I mean, yes, supposedly, like in my world, God calls you to go to India or Mongolia or wherever it is. And so but then you have to you have to learn the language and you have to do this and you have to raise the money and you know and they all say God will provide but i just mean like so much of it seems dependent upon what each person or at least family does and i think maybe that's the part that needs to change somehow um yeah like like we all have agency at least i think so um and i i don't you know i struggle with the part of how to work with god's will cuz i don't understand how that works But I think maybe part of the problem here is that it's all about our own efforts and not, or a lot less at least about what God will do in people's hearts. You know, like, does Hmm. God need us to tell people verbally in order to work in someone's heart? Seems like no. no. Right. I mean, although, yeah. I mean, like there's that whole thing in Romans one where it seems to indicate that someone can come to knowledge of God through creation. Right. Mm-hmm. But then I also remember having a whole discussion about that in one of these classes wherein, you know, uh, a lot of people said, no, but somebody still has to tell them because otherwise, you know, it doesn't count, I guess. Yeah. So I I guess. Yeah, I, so what I'm trying to say in a long winded fashion is um how, I guess for me, it's not so much a way forward, but what I'm trying to think about in terms of this is how do we start flipping it more the other way without mm. using that as an excuse to do literally nothing. Right. Cause I don't think, I mean, that's, that's not what I'm saying and I'm not, you know, I do think we participate with God in some way. I, I really do. But if it's all dependent upon us and God's along just to give us the first step or something, I I don't know. Like that seems to get us in trouble. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's interesting. Um, an interesting area that I think even if we don't have the culture around it, we probably have a similar theology. In other words, that we believe that the way that conversion happens is somebody tells, like, we have that passage, you know, I think it's from Timothy, how where, can
1: they if they don't hear right, I think that's in yeah. Romans actually?
0: Is it I think so? I'm terrible. But at I could be wrong.
1: That. Anyway, regardless.
0: Anyway, um, we have that similar theology of conversion. Um, roughly speaking, I mean we can yeah, argue I mean, about how the Holy close. Spirit works, but whatever. Yeah. It's about giving content and uh or rather enforcing content oh, on somebody. Yeah. 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 And I think it's a really good question to say okay, well, what can we do in a different, or not, what can we do in a different way, but what can we do without enforcing content? What can we do without being the people who are the right and everyone else is wrong? Yeah. Um, what can we do with
1: that? Because I know, like, just, I've never been a missionary, and I don't try to convert people, you know, not necessarily anyway, unless that's something they want to do, right? Um But I know in my own life, outside of my job, because my job's a little weird in this area, although I don't, I am not trying to get those people converted because that's a big (laughs) no no and would not help. Um, But what I've noticed is that nobody seems to care. And in fact, usually respond for the most part outside of people who are just general. Buttheads, anyway, right? Mm-hmm. People are on board with my spirituality and why it's important to me. and like, will listen respectfully and maybe even appreciate when I talk about Jesus and why Jesus is what he is to me, right? It, the problem is when I tell them, and now you have to do the same thing, right. Yeah, but I wonder, like what I, i'm I'm not saying that through those conversations, someone has all of a sudden, okay, you're right. I feel convicted. I'm converting. But I wonder if, like, doing it that way, just sharing our stories and and how Jesus is in our stories and maybe even central to them, probably even central to them, right? Like maybe that's a, I want to say kinder, but it's more than that. I mean, I think that starts to um, get at some of the things we're talking about, right? It's not, that doesn't, carry the same power dynamic because i'm just talking about myself yeah my own experiences and and in my mind is the reason that helps because if if everybody needs to convert to be a christian we'll just we'll just accept that premise for a second well i think that god could use that as ways to work maybe god uses that as a way to work in people's hearts Mm -hmm. and if not, if everybody doesn't need to become a Christian, converted Christian, God can still use that to help people, right? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I just I feel like maybe I know this is so shocking. Maybe we've we're thinking too hard. Not you and me. I mean, all of this. Like maybe we're we've overcomplicated this, um, and built a whole industry out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. the missionary yeah. industrial complex. <laughs> 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 I'm I'm joking. But there's a small amount of truth to that, you know, there's so much money and people's livelihoods and all of this, like tied up in this. It's a it's a big knot. It's a whole ball of knots, I think. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, I'd be interested to see um, if anyone emails us. If you want to email us and let us know what have we missed in this cultural context and this conversation around missionary culture. I think there's probably a lot more to it, especially because um, Pentecostals aren't the only ones that do missional culture, Uh, but in a a Lutheran setting, it just isn't a big thing for us. Maybe I'm wrong. We have Lutherans that listen to this. Maybe you'll know missionaries, and maybe that was part of your experience. As I said, there was a pastor in my congregation previously that did that, and I'm sure people who were listening at that time would have some thoughts about what that means be interested to know if there's more going on here or rather what more is going on here because there's a whole lot to untangle um, and we just as Ryan said we want to draw attention to that and maybe give you some thoughts you haven't thought of before and You know, eventually maybe get somewhere. I don't know. I mean,
1: if these things can be untangled, maybe they can't entirely, but maybe they can be more untangled than they currently are. It's only going to happen through lots of people entangling, uh, unentangling, disentangling, whatever the word is, together. (laughs) I'm not sure. Um, uh, Untying it together, right? This is not just a knot. This is like the world's largest giant. Not this. All of these things are, I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I think that's more... I think that's more how theology seems to work, at least how it has in my life. And, you know, in the stories of people we've heard on here is, you know, as much as sometimes I think it would be nice if God really did hand deliver, here are the 16 points you need to know, and that's it, and here are the right answers. But I don't think that's actually what we want. And not really. I mean, maybe some people want it, but I don't think it's what is the best for us. I guess I should say it that way. Um, I think we need to wrestle, much as I hate that. So so like Nate said, please send us an email. We're lonely. No, um, <laughs> we just would like to hear from you, especially about this kind of thing or any other, anything else we've talked about Um you know, like we were just talking about, the more perspectives, the better. The more stories and voices at the table, the better. Um, we all learn when we have more of those going on. And none of us can see everything. And that's why we want to do that. So the email address is frontierfaithpodcast at gmail.com. And just, you know, let us know whatever would be great. And if you can, tell your friends about us and rate us five stars in whatever app you use, just so more people can hear about what we're doing. And I guess we'll just conclude with what I always like to say at the end, is that it's okay, it's gonna be okay, and God will take care of us.